ass West Smoke boy That shit take me way back Talk that shit like say that Tell him that I'm coming Catch him running for that yeah, I'm good. I was I was saying to add me, and I was saying Brian chill. Like I don't want Brian to leave. I was, Scott, you're gonna hate me again. What did you do? What? what you, no, 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 no. You remember the whole algorithm combo, and I made you question everything you're doing. Yeah. I'm gonna trace. I'm gonna fuck your whole life up to show you how you fucked your life up when you was in high school. Go ahead, Dino. All right, go on. My wife's listening, so if this is vulgar, keep it at a minimum. Vulgar. I don't know where you're going with it. So. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Scott, you you never really told me any of that. No, because uh. So, you know, like you don't just rap with crooked eyes, Joe Buttons, and all these guys right off rip and get good. It, it takes, takes maximum, maximum effort. effort. Right. Right. Like you got to get better at it. Right. At the whole rapping thing, and. How you learn that level of discipline is putting maximum effort in other things. Part of what made me a rapper was my coaches <laughs> pushing me to the limit and me to a level I didn't think I could be. I feel like you those habits that you could have gotten that 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 build you to a certain space, those opportunities you can never cheat yourself in life. And I'll tell you right now, my dad, when I was in junior high school, my dad, I wanted to leave this teacher because this this teacher named Mr. Polinsky was a fucking asshole. And he said some fucked up shit to me. He was like, Yeah, you're just like your cousins and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, man, how dare he say this? Like, he heard my feelings and he just made me feel like shit. Then he told another teacher that I showed my pecker to somebody when in reality, oh, speaking of vulgar, sorry, Miss Scott. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I, I basically let my friend, I had two pair of shorts on me or maybe like I let him borrow my sweatpants for gym. And I had shorts, like a pair of basketball shorts. And he went and the way he wrote it up was that I undressed myself in the class in front of girls and all this shit. He was trying to get me wow. suspended. Like it, was, it was really bad. And I did yeah. it in the back. One of the big, one of the big dudes kind of was blocking it out. And no, nobody thought nothing of it. I just took, you know, in high school, you just took your pants off, your jeans off and put your, had your basketball shorts underneath in gym class. Yeah. No one thought nothing of it. Right. <clears throat> and I did it in the back of the class so my boy wouldn't fail gym. So I said, oh, I got you. You know, and I gave him my sweatpants, I believe it was. And I had basketball shorts underneath. And he went and created a whole other story. Well, I told my dad, I said, man, I really want to get transferred, yada, yada. And my dad was like, well, I could get you out of there. He's a fucking asshole. But here's the thing. You'll always find Mr. Polinsky's in your life. And I was like, no, I won't. No, That's true. Yeah, I'm all, this is the last year of my life. But you guys get what he was saying. Yep. He's like, no, nah, he could be your father-in-law. Uh, no offense, Miss Scott. I don't know about your dad. Was, but he could do it. He was like... <laughs> She's good. She's done listening. After I said oh, okay. I would my goatee, she's off. Okay, he said it could be your father-in-law, it could be your boss, it could be your landlord. That could that guy's always gonna follow you. So if I was you, I would stick it out so you could have at least a way to condition yourself so you could have this. And I didn't know what the fuck he meant, but I ended up telling my baseball coach, and my baseball coach was like, He's right. He's right. That shit so I will is so say wise. that that is so wise. Yeah, yeah. My dad was dropping them jewels. Well, you know what? I you blew no it, bro. I have no regrets. You blew it. You could have been rapping on Slaughterhouse with me if you just put maximum <laughs> effort in other levels of life. You blew it, bro. You a you a, you a half-ass rapper because you half-assed everything. 
You half-assed everything, so oh. you never really, you never fully did it. What do you think it happened for me by accident, Scott? You think I just that. went in the booth? I never said that. I know, that. but I never said that. Run, running those three, running those extra suicides, bro. That's what got me in the booth. Bro. You know what I mean? You learn shit. Nino, the first time that's we true. talked, almost probably two years at this point. What did I say to you off the off the like? Me and Brian got lazy. We didn't know what the fuck we were doing. I admitted you, and you even said back to me, "Wow, that's I'm actually I'm in like we said that. Like I agree with that. I know that. That's my biggest regret is stopping. Yeah, 10 but years ago, it really is. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is your laziness was a was was you nurtured your own laziness. You're probably right. you never really fully got out of it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying you got lazy. You <clears throat> had lazy habits because they were, because you know you never, you never, you never challenge yourself. That's true. Yeah, you're not. I'm and if you're if you're not challenging wrong. yourself, then you're just nurturing that. that I can't weakness. argue that. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. So you could have been somebody, man. bro. I, I two two machines, and I'm like, yeah, I'm out. I was like me at the gym. I'm like, I'm good. Then I just go take a shit because I'm embarrassed that I came in so quick and left so quick. And I'm worried the person at the front desk is going to talk shit about me. So, like, I made sure I'm there at least 30 minutes. I don't know why you sound so proud of this. <laughs> I, I just think it's clever. It's pretty clever. I don't know. You glorifying yeah, your laziness. You said you were swamped on Saturdays. What what errands did you have to run? What do you get? No, no, no. Home I food? I just I just finished in the studio. Um, what'd you work on today? I got a song with um, three sixty from Australia, Mickey Fax, Graf, Crooked Eye, and I just laid a verse down for it. Nice. I love three sixty. I that's I my man. That's my man. We're doing a whole project together. Shout yeah. out to him. One of the better battlers in that era. He's one of the better battlers in that era that doesn't really get a lot of like uh, credit uh, today. But he was great. He, ma he makes era. great music. He makes great yeah. music too. Yeah. His, uh, shout out Shout out to him. His uh, boy, what was it? Boys, Boys Like You went like number one or some shit. I think he was on the Rolling Stone. He was on some magazine a little while back. He was on the, he was on the cover of Rolling Stones. Thanks. Right, Which yeah, I could have been had I been on Slaughterhouse, man. Yes, <laughs> um, yeah, shout yeah, out to him. Good dude. Did you get my text where Crooked, uh, that one interview, Crooked was giving you props? Yeah, but I like, my man, so I, I <clears> expected <throat> that's my boy, you know. Did you listen Dude, to the, uh, the album they put out? Say that one more time, guys. Did you listen Did to the album they put up? Um, not the whole thing, half of it. What do you yeah. think so far? Um, <clears throat> I I would I couldn't be able to do it, but. I'm, you know, whatever to each their own. Like you guys said, right? Mm -hmm. Whoever wants yeah. to create from their standpoint, like, yeah. let them create. I just know, like, by track 10, I wouldn't be like, 
Hey, Scott, why you ain't hit me? Hey, Brian, what happened, man? I thought you was with me. Hey, yeah, guys, yeah. why? Nah, I couldn't do by, by track three. I'd be done with that shit. I'd be cursing you guys out by then. Yeah. It would have been interesting if they went through kind of like uh, uh, stages of grief in a way. Like if they used that concept. Like, you know how you move through different stages of grief, like acceptance, right. loss, anger, all that stuff. If you made, yeah, you, like, let's say you made help. a song in on, each bro. of those emotions, you know, and then kind of move through the stages like that. And then finally to acceptance and kind of saying like, all right, we're moving on. Yeah, but that's, that. if you think about it, that's too therapeutic and and that's almost too, too uh, rational and methodical. Like, it makes a lot of sense. That's a great podcast for an artist, though. You're, you're impulsive. Mm -hmm. So you, part of it is channeling the chaos. If yeah. you're going to rap in this methodical, composed way, it's also not going to be entertaining either. You know, like imagine a comedian justifying his jokes. Yeah, it's very true. Right through the set. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, how, how, many, how many people reached out to you to talk about Slaughterhouse, give or take, like the past fucking two weeks. Oh my God, too much. I, I like, I like, I like you, Scott. I don't like anybody else. So, a lot of these guys that hit me up. Um. Oh no, bro! I was joking. My my message to you was joking because I knew you were being asked a bunch of times. So I messaged you, hey man, you want to do an Instagram live? Because I knew that you kept fucking getting asked. So yeah, I had no intention of I I knew you didn't want to do that bullshit, man. I, no, but I don't mind talking to you about it. What's right. the people who are hitting me out the blue, acting like we was cool this whole time? Yeah, those are yeah. the guys that are weird, you know. I'm like, I don't fuck with you, like. And some of the people, they owe me, I you know, to them. I don't know what they feel, but I feel like I'm owed a lot of apologies here from a lot mm. of people. I've gotten them in the last two weeks, but in what mainly regard? from. Yeah, what do you mean? In what regard? All I ever said about this was that the business was screwed up. I got on phone with managers. I asked questions and yada, yada, yada. All anyone ever asked me was, why are you not in there? No one cared to hear my story ever. Mm. And I asked questions from the beginning. From the very beginning. Mm. Joe Budden sent me a waiver of the Slaughterhouse song. And I refused to sign it because there was ownership involved. I was asking ownership questions from the beginning because I was underneath a mortal technique who taught me the way of not selling the masters and, and owning your own catalog. And as far as the group is concerned, I was the only one who owned right now to this day. I own all my material. Right. Shout out to West Side Gun. He told me how valuable that is. I own my entire catalog. And for what it's worth, if somebody has a brand, but they don't own anything, they're limited to how much they can monetize or how they monetize off of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's why you see, like, like DJ Ack and Meg the Stein are going at it. And, like, Ack was talking to Meg. She can't even release her own shit right now. Like, she can't, she can't do anything without a label. But, like, you have ownership, which lasts forever. You know what I mean? Forever. And, and listen... For anybody who don't know what that's worth, oh shit, sorry. For anybody who don't know what that's worth, put it this way. I'm about to release Illuminati Reject 3, right? One and two, 
I own. So if I want to sell a box set for $80 with a bunch of vinyls, hoodies, shirts, you know what I'm saying? With like two hoodies from part one and three. I don't know if y'all ever seen, but people got that shit tattooed on their arms, their legs, their, their calf muscles. Mm -hmm. People tattoo the Illuminati VJ. So right. that's a brand a lot of people are, uh, have supported. If I want to, excuse me, I'm about to stack three with a, with a bunch of features, a nice rollout. If three pops off different than two and one, no, I, I can still sell one and two. It still has value. And I could sell like a hundred dollar box. I, I, I'm not saying I'm going to do that. But what I'm saying is I can sell a hundred dollar right. box to a bunch of people and go, look, you buy this box, you get vinyls of one, never released. Vinyls of two, never released. Might sneak in this, a mystery thing. Your choice of hood, <clears throat> this variant, this. Brian, I, uh, Brian made me and Brian talking and Brian's probably like, yo, add a snap, add a type of hat like this. Add this and maybe I'll buy if you do this. I could I could sauce up a box, and guess what? I don't have to knock on no one's door. No one has to tell me that they need a cut. I could do that. Scott, right now, if you wanted to invest and go, yo, Nina, I want to help you. I, we could do it. I don't have to call. <laughs> so it's like, think about the freedom. But, think about the luxury. I got I got ten to twenty grand in a week, just sitting in a little just sitting in a little space. Only if I wake up to go, hey, I want to do this. Like, think about right. the freedom you have. I, and that's the, that's what I was telling back then. I'm like, why we got to give up ownership for anything? It doesn't make any sense to me. I, and I own my entire catalog outside of the Atmosphere record. I own every single record I've ever done. Now, are you, what move did you not do that you look back at? Or that, yeah, that you look back at and say, was it Slaughterhouse? You say, thank God. Like, thank God I didn't sign it. Was that like the one major one? Um... Well, like, thank God. Oh, my God. There's a bunch of them. No, SRC tried to sign me. Universal. A bunch of labels tried to sign me. And I'm glad I never signed them. I mean, I don't want to say who, but there was a rapper who walked in with me to Universal around the same time they were scouting me and him. And but to be fair... I always, I still look back and I wish you can, if Joe, if Joe wasn't as involved as he, like, I still wish that there's a way that could have came together in a healthy way. It's just very hard. Cause back then, even I was like, this, this is not going to be healthy, but I mean to make it about this thing. My bad. I, I didn't mean to talk about this. Well, you guys were having a really good combo about creativity and stuff. And, and I was into that. No, honestly, like, cause what's weird is. I, I love hearing about it because for me personally, <coughs> when Slaughterhouse came out, Crooked, Joe, and Royce were three of my favorite rappers. So I honestly didn't like know too much of Joel's stuff or your stuff at the time. So like when them three made a made a group, I was like, this is fucking amazing. So like I like hearing any stories about it because like Crooked said on the Be Like Dead podcast, like the fans were just waiting. They were just waiting yeah. for so mm -hmm. long, you know. If it's to hear any background of it, it's not even like I don't even want to take sides as a fan. And I don't think any of the fans want to take sides. They just want, like, if it makes sense, closure as fans. They just you know want I mean? the music. They just want the music to come right. out. That's all that it is. Yeah. Right. That's what the fans ever want. Yeah. And, and I know there's more back backdoor shit to it. And 
But I, I think you've been real cordial and real cool because I've seen you tweet about it a bunch and you're never even taking sides on it. Um, you, you give Budden his props. You give Crooked his props because, like, they were all good to you. So, like, you're, oh, you're but right. I, ne- ahead, I never, yo, I never think of this when we're talking to him. Nino, I want to ask you this. Just because, like, me and Scott have been, like, big Royce to 5'9 fans for, like, a long-ass time, right? Real long. Just scary Bro, movies. And scary in the movies. Past, I feel yeah. like in the past two years, he has changed so much. At, like, what? I'm not, I don't want to say, like, oh, give me, like, whatever you know or this. But, like, what's your, what's your opinion on that? Like, I feel like he's become very, like, pompous and stuck up. I don't know why. He was so much more humble. Well, <clears throat> he's, you know, I think when you talk uh, unedited 50 minutes with a phone out, it's different. So yeah. we're actually yeah. seeing him for the first time with the IG. So I don't know if you could curate, carefully curate your conversation with being interviewed. Mm-hmm. Uh Personally, uh, I think where he, where him and Joe are missing, where are missing the boat on is even like why it also comes off as pompous is they're like weaponizing therapeutic tactics. Like they mentioned therapy. (laughs) It's like they, it's like you go to therapy to use it on your friends. It's like if Scott was talking right now, I'm like, well, Scott, the therapist would tell you, hey, Brian, uh, relax, Brian. Let me tell you what the... Th-. It's like when you start utilizing, weaponizing like these therapy things, first of all, let's keep it 100 because fortunately for us, and I'm just assuming here, we're not in that position. There are people who don't have the resources to go to therapy. Yeah. So, out- so and are feel like it's, a, it's uh, because of their community and because of where they come from, feel some shame attached to even thinking about it. So, I mean, that still exists even with young- the youth. So now you're kind of like going, I go to therapy. So you have those people that are like feel resentful for not having those resources and have to hear about these therapy tactics. And then it's being weaponized. It comes off a little weird. So I I really don't know, to be honest with you, because most of the people I know have a close relationship with voice. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have they have everybody has their own relationship with them. Uh, personally, Royce has never done anything wrong with me, but I think that if you hold your phone and you like how we're talking now, no editing, and you just put this up, people get to see the real people. Mm-hmm. Like you know, Scott, Brian, like you guys for an hour, you and you're drinking. Eventually, like you, you can't edit yourself. <laughs> you're gonna the the real Scott's gonna come out. The real Brian's that's true, gonna come yeah, out. One way or another, you go back to one of. And I bet you you guys look at your live like, fuck, that's too much of what I wanted to show. Like, I don't want to show that side of me or when I'm pissed or when I'm angry. So it's like these things are like not carefully curated, very unedited. And I tell people, I'm like, you know, you, you know, to me, you should work on these things off off uh, the broadcast. And if you can work on these things and be compassionate and understanding and level headed outside of this. Mm-hmm. It trickles into this shit where you don't come off uh, so elitist or whatever. And, it, you know, to me also, too, somebody tells me, yo, Nina, I watch it live. You came off like an elitist. I'll never argue them because that's their interpretation of however I was acting. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I ma- guess, if anything, that makes me want to check myself, you know? Yeah, I know I know what you're saying. I guess, I guess I'm also saying that, like, yeah, just... Um,
and like <laughs> you're seeing more than just the music seeing more than just the verses or like small clips they may put out on youtube or something like that like when you see watch an instagram live you see a person like unedited completely you know yeah. for the most part i mean some people obviously but um I'm, I'm even talking about like even in his music like a lot of his subject matter has changed a lot of things that he has talked about or the his style that he tries to go at um i feel like it just a lot of it has changed and he comes off just to me like a bit pompous like i'm better than you in every way you know i thought always i thought royce always rapped with a sense of bravado you know i always thought he was like that but i don't know man i can't you know to, to be honest with you man like i think that you know the the way these things play out here's a here's the reality of it people get so caught up in the lifestyle that right now and i don't even know you guys as well enough as some of my friends but even you guys you guys felt offended by something we did i said or like just thought i was saying something offensive or whatever live session over and mm -hmm. i call you and i'd be like yo what happened because this doesn't have to be talked about through a broadcast mm -hmm. you know what i mean like so if, if, if you have a relationship with somebody the minute the minute somebody's like damn nino how could you or yo Nino, like to me it's like we have each other's numbers what are right. we doing broadcasting yeah. a broadcasting some personal shit so to me it just shows the desperate need of attention that people have or that it's necessary to somewhat work things through with a live audience like that's the work first of all i'm never gonna talk around you guys or any on a broadcast it's gonna be different if i'm in a room with you guys than it is here and if people are watching i'll be like brian how dare you i'm nino blast you know but in a room there's a level of respect that it's like i can't be over you but on a live with, with an audience you can yeah. you know you can sort of use the audience awareness to your advantage as an argument yeah and it's like i just don't understand why people are having these broadcasted con con uh level of uh, uh contention it's weird to me i can't do it there's not a person I could ever talk to online. If I have their number, especially, I'm like, yo, bro, what are we doing here? Let's just yeah. talk. That's why it was so awesome, I mean, to see Joel hop on with them too. And Joel even said, I don't even do this stuff. Like, you have my number. Like, you saw his own fertility <clears throat> factor. What I mean in it? Like, obviously, I don't know any of you. You know him. But I think it was you were the one who called, who told. I never knew that aspect of it. So like Slaughterhouse, they sense you would have never existed if you hadn't told Budden about Crooked. I never knew that. Well, even after the song, <clears throat> there was a lot of issues within the shit and Crooked didn't want to be in the group if I wasn't in it. <clears throat> and I'm mm. the one that told Crooked ahead and do it. I said that on a record one time. But yeah, Crooked was like, if you're not in it, I'm not in it. Crooked told me that off rip. I didn't That's know that. That's a true yeah. story. I said that on a song. <clears throat> I said I could have been a part of the hottest group. That's a nine or two. Um, here's the truth. Two wanted me and not the other two. Crooked told me, Nino, if you ain't in, then I'm out the group. I told him, no, homie, you do your thing that is not the move. How am I better if I move the side with a guy of view? I took this lane. You might not get it. That's just what riders do. So be glad that you ain't me because I would cry for you. Since you apply how you would feel with, for me, now look what I could do. Like to the fans that'll be like, oh, he's sad all the Mm. Look, let me tell you something about the internet man the internet is weird people project how they would respond to something and go oh my god you know he's embarrassing and i remember being in a car so frustrated and one of my friends we was taking a car ride she was moving 
And I was affected by all the people's opinions of me. She's like, well, Nino, we've been on this car ride for two and a half hours. You have been laughing and cracking jokes the whole time, playing all this old classics and shit, and yada, yada, yada. You're not sad or miserable. Why would you, why would somebody's, now mind you, keep in mind, this is 2009. You know what I'm saying? This is yeah. 2009. <laughs> So it so it's still we're kind of still early in the phase of seeing people's responses to you. But I remember thinking, damn, that's kind of true. Like I don't feel this way. That's just the re that's just how they feel. And I always thought that that was a odd game to play. So that I caught on early. I'm always grateful for that experience because I was a little bit ahead of the curve on social media and comments, and also understanding the sense of equality that the comments don't have. There's one person yeah. who's commenting that yeah. You guys know hip hop. So you guys telling me something about a song is different. Whereas some kid in Nebraska who just hurt, you know, 17, 18, and he's saying, yo, this is what I think of these songs. It's a little bit different. 